Welcome to Patriotic Pulpit. Have you noticed how the Democratic Party and people who are aligned with the Democrats and Socialists really have very little reasoning power, very little reasoning going on, very little logic that is taking place? Now, that takes the place in so many different particulars, so many different topics that we might bring up. And that's exactly what happens. I'm reading a book by Michael Rechtenwald right now. It's called Beyond Woke, and it's an excellent book. He has, uh, he himself was a an, a professor, and he was a Marxist professor. He tells us <clears throat> that he was aligned with Marxism, but he came out of it. But one of the things he makes mention of in the book is that you you can't talk to these Marxists, you, these liberal professors. You can't talk to them. There's no reasoning. There's no amount of logic that you can present that will sway them to your opinion. They just have to actually, he calls, hear the screaming themselves. And by the screaming, he simply means, think about all the suffering that goes on in the world because of socialism, a.k.a. communism. And he said, you have to actually hear the screaming. Well, that's exactly what has to take place if we're going to bring people over to more a constitutional viewpoint and a common sense viewpoint. Now, one of the areas that I have in mind in this is the issue of life and the abortion issue. Kamala Harris, vice president of the United States, the other day in the 1973 anniversary, or the anniversary of the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, she lamented that abortion now has been taken away from the federal government and turned over to the states. And I want to read a couple of her comments here, and then we'll make some reflections on them. <clears throat> she said, <clears throat> a promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the liber- a right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. Then she went on to lament that Roe expanded rights, which then advanced the cause of freedom and liberty by recognizing the fundamental constitutional right of a woman to make decisions about her own body, not the government. But the Dobbs decision last June she was talking about took away that constitutional right, that fundamental right, a basic freedom from the people of America. All right. Setting aside her several red herrings that she threw out there, such as uh, later on she brought up an anecdote of a 10-year-old rape victim, a story of a Texas woman who almost died because of stringent abortion laws, all of which was misrepresentation of the facts. But be that as it may, consider the following couple of concepts that I want us to just maybe sift through there. Number one, she noticeably left God out of a reference to the Declaration of Independence. Have you noticed that? That Democrats so frequently, that's exactly how they seem like they always do that. She made the comment that that we have the right to liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and these were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. Well, she had made a comment earlier that, you know, she says, well, we have these rights because we're human. It's interesting to me that the fundamental document of America, the Declaration of Independence, posits the fact that our rights come from God. And because our rights come from God, It goes on to tell us that the role of government is what? What is the role of government? If rights come from God, inclusive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or property, as it is put in the Constitution, 
what is the role of government? What is the role of government? The role of government is not to dispense the rights. It is not to decide which rights you have and which you don't have. The, the role of government is to protect what God already gave you. It is to build a fence around the powers that be that you might be able to enjoy those particular rights, life, liberty, property. We'll talk more about some of those other rights later in the show, but that's what the whole framework of our American system is built upon, those concepts, and that's something that she left out. Now, she, of course, is heir to a tradition of the Democrats, socialists, all the way back to Woodrow Wilson, who himself, Woodrow Wilson, would talk about the Declaration of Independence, and he would he would just leave God out of the equation. Or Joe Biden, remember, he says, you know, life, liberty, well, you know the thing, you know the thing. He just can't even think about what it is. It is so sad that omitting God <clears throat> from the fundamental documents of our founding fathers, that's so habitual with them. And the reason it's habitual is because they don't like God, they're hateful to God, they're anti-God, and they're anti-life. Now, here's another thing. Harris says these rights are not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. It's almost like, well, did you not read the Declaration of Independence before you got up and spoke? These rights are bestowed upon us. They're given to us. They're not, and they're not because we're Americans. They're because we're humans. So which is it, Kamala? Are, they, are we endowed? That means gifted by another or not? It's confusion on the face of the deep. The truth is, of course, all of our rights come to us from God, and the government is to simply to protect those rights. Now, this is the simple bedrock truth of America, and it is lost to the Democratic Party because it consistently denies the role of God in the founding of America and the role of God in the affairs of men today. Now, secondly, from one egregious blunder, she stumbles into another one. She supposes that the Roe abortion decision of 1973 expanded the rights of women by, she puts it, recognizing the fundamental constitutional right of a woman to make decisions about her own body, not the government. This is interesting, and I want you to think about this. I want to, first of all, just take a, maybe put a peg down here and take it aside and we'll come back to it. Where was this demand that a woman or a person has a right to make decisions about his or her own body when the draconian governmental mandates came out requiring all employees of the government and major corporations to get to take the jab that you have, you know, here, you're going to have to take the jab. Where was that reasoning back then? This is digression. As is pointed out by LifeSite News, great website. I hope you look at it, LifeSite News. L-I-F-E-S-I-T-E news. Long-settled biological criteria, mainstream medical textbooks recognize that a living human being, structurally, genetically distinct from his or her mother, <clears throat> is created upon fertilization and is present throughout the entire pregnancy. This is not in dispute by science at all. And that brings up another point. The Democrats are always talking about science. Follow the science. Follow the science. We've heard Fauci say that a thousand times if we've heard it say it once. 
And we hear the evolutionists always saying, follow the science. What does the science say about human life in the womb? Science says that life begins at conception. Therefore, it's not about a woman's body. It's about another human life with different chromosomes, different genetic makeup than the mother. It's a different, separate life, human life. That's why, that's why the Democrats really can't think. They can't think their way out of a wet paper bag, apparently. They want to distract the attention of everybody about this issue and just say, well, it's all about a woman's body. No, it has nothing to do with a woman's body as far as protecting life is concerned. So, <clears throat> now, added to that just a moment. Now, this is patriotic pulpit, so I do want to say a couple of things. You know, the Bible has told us long ago that it is life in the womb. From Genesis to Revelation, every passage that speaks about life in the womb or a babe in the womb, it shows us that it is life, human life. But here's one passage, Psalms 139, verses 13 through 15. This is David speaking to God. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in my mother's womb. That's what the Bible teaches regarding human life. And that's what science shows as well, in spite of the misunderstandings, the miscalculations, and the misdirections that continue are continually are given to us by the Democrat, a.k.a. Socialist Party. We'll be back in a moment. Now, before I launch into this next topic, I do, and I'm going to talk about the border here for a few moments, a couple of things that I want to notice. I want to go back to the founders with it, uh, by the way, regarding what one of the founders had to say, which really represented their position regarding the border of America. But before we do that, I want you to uh, go to, um, we have a website, still, still operative right now, and that is American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. Even though the show's name has changed to Patriotic Pulpit, we are on Amazon Music. Uh, we're on uh, other apps as well. So a Patriotic Pulpit is the, is the name of the show. And so if you want to donate to the program, you may do so. There's a donate button on the website that you may click and you may uh, get it there. So help us out with the radio program. <clears throat> and uh, so Patriotic Pulpit, we have articles that are written also on the Newstalk 1290 website. And uh, you might go there and read a lot of the material that I talked about. I've also talked about on the website, the Newstalk 1290 website. So let's think about the border for just a moment. I, before I look at Thomas Jefferson what he had to say regarding the border. I just could not help myself but to look at Richard Fowler. Richard Fowler in Fox News is one of those liberal guys that come on Fox News to give the other side of things. And he encapsulates very well the deviously deceptive Democratic agenda pertaining to the border. Now, this was on a recent show. I don't even remember which one it was. But he hurried to repeat the common refrain, 
Our immigration system is broken. Our immigration system is broken. We've heard that a million times if we've heard it one time. And he says, well, it should be replaced by, <clears throat> and they, he was asked the question, what should we do? By a systematic streamlining of the pathway to citizenship for illegals. Now, that was to him the fix. All right, let's, let's just stop and back up. I just talked about how Democrats really have a hard time thinking clearly and with logic and reasoning on an issue. And here's Richard Fowler saying our immigration system is broken. What's his fix? Make a streamlined pathway to citizenship. Now, that's a strange answer, isn't it? Seeing that the question is, how do we solve the border crisis? Not how do you entice more people to come in. How do you entice more people to break our laws by streamlining it so they can become citizens and vote in the next election for Democrats? That was not the question. The question was, how do we fix the problem? The problem, of course, is that it's not the immigration system is broken. It's that we don't have congressmen and senators with, and presidents with the willpower enough to enforce the laws that are on the books. That's the problem. It's not about our immigration system is broken. We have a good system if it would be enacted, but we don't have people who have the strength or the backbone to enact it. That's what's happening. I've been following this issue for over 25 years, and we haven't had politicians, particularly in the White House, who have had any kind of, <clears throat> any kind of strength to try to enforce the laws that are on the books. Very simple, except for President Trump. Maybe that's one reason they hate him so badly. Well, more than that, Joe Biden has created such lawlessness, converting our Border Patrol into a concierge service. I think that's grounds for impeachment. Impeachment? Why not? If, if not, why not? Americans want the hemorrhaging to stop. They want the flow of immigrants not streamlined for citizenship, Richard Fowler. They want enforcement of the border. Now, here's something interesting. Maybe people don't know this, but when President Reagan had a number of immigrants, I think I don't remember exactly the number of them, that he gave them citizenship, but that was a deal that he cut with the Democrats, and the, and the promise was from the Democrat Party that they would enforce the border laws if he would grant citizenship to those who are here illegally, because after all, this was the argument in Reagan's day, which is the same today. Well, they're living in the shadows and they, uh, they want to come out of the shadows. They want to have full citizenship. Okay. Reagan said, we'll grant citizenship, but we want the promise that you'll enforce the border. Oh yeah. We'll enforce the border laws at that point. That was the Democrat line. It was a grand lie. They have lied continually on this. And so from that day, even continuing through the next several presidencies, it has been the same issue. And they say, well, no, we want, to, we want more people coming in and grant citizenship, and then we'll close. No, no. Close the border. Enforce the law. And then we'll talk about the ones that are here illegally, whether streamlining them or not. I say streamline them out of the country and have them come in properly. They're invading our house. Get them out, bring them in properly. Now, the Democratic idea for border patrol or border, border enforcement is streamlining them to citizenship. 
come now, Richard Fowler. You know, I just, I don't know, I marvel at the lack of thinking on this. Now, I want this, we take this conversation back to Ted Kennedy Day for just a moment. All of our cultural, all of our national fractures can be traced directly back to the late Ted Kennedy. He epitomized the lying politician and left us a legacy of massive immigration, which Biden has simply added to. Like most liberals who built their system on hypocrisy, Kennedy was the senator who, according to the Christian Science Monitor, changed the face of the nation through his immigration policies, which he foisted on America. Now, beginning in 1965, he led the complete revamping of our immigration system. Formerly, there had been numerical caps, national quotas in place, which regulated not only how many immigrants would be able to come here, but it also controlled from which countries they might come, favoring European nations by granting them higher quotas. Now, immediately on saying that, you know very well what the Democrats are going to say. They're always the racist. They're always throwing the racist card, and they're always trying to be racist about everything and say, oh, the only reason you do that is because those are white people and not the brown people coming in, blah, blah, blah. And so that violates our principles. The truth of the matter is, that our founders wanted people to come in who are more acquainted with a limited system of government than those coming in who are accustomed to having some kind of national dictatorship and communist countries such as our military dictatorships that are going on in Africa on the African continent. That was the reason they wanted it this way. Not because they didn't want brown-skinned people here That's interesting. I mean, people would accuse the founders of that because, after all, the mantra today in the colleges and universities is that they wanted the dark-skinned people here for slavery, and yet they didn't want them to come on the immigration system. Well, that doesn't make sense. No, the reason they wanted European nations favored was because they were more acquainted with a limited government system. Now, here's what Ted Kennedy said. When he got up on the floor of the House in 1965, we're going back to that year, he said, this bill in which we're going to erase national quotas, we're not going to favor European nations, listen to what he had to say. This bill will not flood our cities with immigrants. It will not upset the ethnic mix of our society. (laughs) It will not relax the standards of admission. It will not cause American workers to lose their jobs. Every line there was an absolute flat-footed lie. And he knew it, and everybody knew that it was. And yet, through power politics, he crammed it through. Today, we have chain migration, refugee programs, amnesty programs, green card lotteries, H-1B visa acts, various immigration acts and domestic resettlement programs, we have the borders. We really have no borders. And the people are coming over here from Africa, South America, all over the world. They're coming. And people who want to come legally, they're unable to do so because we've just crowded in 20 million people here. In December alone, it's 250,000 people in one month. It is absolutely the most atrocious thing that you can imagine. It is literally the unraveling of our country. We have national values that are being eroded, 
practically non-existent. Our streets are becoming battle zones, and even preachers who preach the gospel of Christ must go into the pulpits locked and loaded. What is it? The balkanization of America. That's exactly what the Democrats want, the balkanization of America. That way, they may rule as dictators. We'll be back in a moment. I neglected to tell you that when you go to the apps such as Amazon Music, you can find Patriotic Pulpit, the radio show there. You can also go to Spotify, and that was one that I wanted to mention, but it slipped my mind there. So if Spotify, Amazon Music, you can go there. You can uh, listen to the radio show. You can also support the radio show by going to the website, sending money. Uh, every little bit helps. And so um, the website is American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. We have a, a donate button that is there. All right, let's turn attention once again to immigration. It, it's interesting to notice how our founding fathers considered immigration. And this is Thomas Jefferson. It's almost as if when you're reading this, that you're reading a, you're reading a prophet. He was not really a prophet. He was not inspired of God to write these things. But these men, the founders of our nation, wise because they were familiar with history, they were familiar with human nature, and they were familiar with governing systems of the world. As a matter of fact, one of them was James Wilson. James Wilson went to the Constitutional Convention, and he was said to be, by those who observed him, an expert in all governments in the history of the world. He knew what would work and what would not work. He knew what trials had been floated in the past and what was successful and what was failures. Wouldn't it be great to have people like that today? No, they're interested in simply cramming us into the socialistic box. But <clears throat> that's the way our founders were. Now, one of the founders was Thomas Jefferson, one of my favorites. And he has a lot to say about immigration. When you read him, it's um, this statement is just it's amazingly foresightful. Cleon Skousen writes a book called The Making of America. It's just the greatest textbook on the Constitution that you can find. W. Cleon Skousen, The Making of America. He pointed out <clears throat> that a major element of the American success story is the fact that the founders considered a law-abiding, hard-working population of productive people as its greatest resource. Only a few nations appreciate this point of view. Most of them suffer from a Malthusian complex with imaginary nightmares of an overpopulated planet smothered with people. John Adams, for example, looked forward to the day that the United States would have 200 million or 300 million people working and prospering together. Now, what was it that attracted people in the Founders' Day, all the way up really until the 20th century, until the period when, when we have become a welfare state? What attracted people here? Well, it's freedom. It was liberty, the opportunity to work and to be able to keep your paycheck. It was the ability to work hard and to rise, continually rise on the social strata. That was, that was the promise of America. And you would not have an onerous government with, an in, with a graduated income tax stealing all that you've got in order that they might redistribute it. We didn't have that kind of government. People came here. That's, they were attracted to it. That's what happened then. So the founders recognized that they would have to, and that that in and of itself would limit the flow of immigrants, but they would need to limit them, the limit the flow, I should say, primarily to those nations that had similar concepts of restrained government. 
And the melting pot idea was to enable proper assimilation into the culture of America. They didn't want to what we call today balkanize America. But all this changed when the so-called progressives, with cries of xenophobia and racism, radically overturned the American system of government and crafted the welfare state as we now know it. Not only did national quotas vanish, but the enticement became American taxpayer dollars instead of freedom. And now you don't know why people are coming. I would say they're coming primarily for a paycheck that is without working, coming primarily for your paycheck. But people may say, well, they want to come for freedom. Well, that may be, but you don't really don't know. We're giving them a big paycheck when they walk across the border. Who knows? Who knows? Well, this brings us back to the founders and Thomas Jefferson. No greater thinker was there than he. And his sound thinking brings us a lot of light on this particular topic. Now, the basic clue that he gives us here is grounded in the sharing of values and whether America would be able to exist in the future as a free society based upon common principles. And so he makes these notes. This is the notes on the state of Virginia explaining why excessive immigration would destroy a once free America. But are there no inconveniences to be thrown into the scale against the advantage expected from a multiplication of numbers by the importation of foreigners? It is for the happiness of those united in society to harmonize as much as possible in matters which they must of necessity transact together. Harmonize. Harmony. That's what we want. Civil government being the sole object of forming societies, its administration must be conducted by common consent. Every species of government has its specific principles. So what was Jefferson saying here? Basic, specific principles, common consent, common ideas, common values. Mass immigration destroys common values. It means that we have a destruction of America on the way. Principles of liberty is that which Jefferson referred to. Freedom, not a financial welfare state. He goes on. Ours perhaps are more peculiar than those of any other in the universe. It is a composition of the freest principles of the English Constitution, with others derived from natural right, natural reason. To these, nothing can be more opposed than the maxims of absolute monarchies. Yet from such, we are to expect the greatest number of immigrants. Now, Jefferson here recognized and he forecast that the possibility was there that myriads of people would come from governments that were dictatorships or monarchical forms of government and would carry the concepts of those governments with them. When that occurs, Jefferson said, listen to this, they will bring with them the principles of the governments they leave, imbibed in their early youth, or if able to throw them off, it will be in exchange for another unbounded licentiousness passing as is usual from one extreme to the other. Isn't that the picture of what's going on today? In a, in a really microcosm scale, just think about how people in Texas talk this way. Don't come here from California because you're going to California, my Texas. What do they mean by that? Well, they mean that California has gone so stock raving lefty mad, even talking in some cities about reparations to blacks 
who were never slaves to begin with simply because of supposed discrimination somewhere along the line may have occurred and high taxation and taking clean water and running it out into the ocean because of the protecting the environment while people are struggling and on and on we can go. Don't California, my Texas, that is, we recognize that people coming here from other places, even such as California, have different values than we do in Texas, and we want to protect those values if we want to have the state intact as we've had. Same thing. Exactly the same thing. What do you think they're bringing with them? I'm not talking about the diseases necessarily, and I'm not talking about the drugs, the fentanyl, nor the child slavery, which is all part of it too. I'm talking about the principles of government that they're bringing with them. What do you think they are? Where they line up with the Democratic Party perfectly well. That's why the Democrats want them here. And that's why many Republicans want them here too, because they're globalists. They're neocons. That's what's going on. Well, Jefferson pointed out, underscored the values of freedom, God, limited government. And he makes this comment. He said it would be a miracle were they to stop precisely at the point of temperate liberty. These principles, see, he's interested in the principles. These principles, with their language, they will transmit to the children in proportion to the numbers. They will share with us the legislation. They will infuse it into their spirit, warp and bias its direction, and render it heterogeneous, incoherent, and make it a distractive mass. A incoherent, distracted mass. What a prophet. What he called a heterogeneous, incoherent, distracted mass is what we're calling balkanization of America today. And then with clarity of foresight, he made this comment, asked this question, actually. May not our government be more homogeneous, more peaceable, more durable? Suppose 20 million of Republican Americans thrown all of a sudden into France. What would be the condition of that kingdom? If it would be more turbulent, less happy, less strong, we may believe that the addition of a half a million of foreigners to our present numbers would produce a similar effect here. If they come of themselves, they're entitled to all the rights of citizenship, but I doubt the expediency of inviting them by extraordinary encouragements, such as welfare system. The immoral siphoning off of hardworking taxpayer money, doling it out by so much candy. Parroting Barack Obama, Joe Biden can only have this braggadocio comment. This is who we are. This is who we are. To explain the massive immigration coming in here. Maybe so, but it is not who we were, nor who we should be, if we expect to be free and remain that way. We'll be back in a moment. Now, this last month, the World Economic Forum met in Davos, Switzerland, and the head of it, Klaus Schwab, was up there proudly speaking about all the plans that they had. I want to talk just a moment about some of the ideas and ideals that the World Economic Forum, global government in the making, is all about and what they basically say of themselves. Now, let's just back up to the beginnings of the WEF. It was actually in the late 1960s, and it was started as a part of the United States National Security State. It was the globalists in our own government who wanted 
to have a World Economic Forum, and they weren't calling it that at that time. We'll talk about the name of it in just a moment, but it was begun by men such as Henry Kissinger, John Kenneth Galbraith, Herman Kahn. These are all the Nixon era people, and these guys traveled with Klaus Schwab in 1970 to recruit membership into what later would become the World Economic Forum. And what resulted was, at first, what was called the European Management Forum. Now think about that, the European Management Forum. It set up a symposium in 1971 and attracted 444 business leaders. Henry Kissinger spoke at the 1980 conference, and he said foreign policy is now global. But the main question that they had then and the main question they have now, because the word is that right there in the what they called it then, the European Management Forum, how to manage people. That, that should immediately frighten you. That should scare you because they want to manage your life. They want to manage all of our lives. And the way they're going to do that and the way they plan to do it and the way they, the only the only tool they have in their bag is the environmental system to turn everything green and to talk about green energy, environmentalism, mitigating climate change. That's the only thing. And, and to ratchet it up to such a level as to frighten everybody to herd them as mass in mass in order to, in order to submit to draconian laws regarding the environment. That's what's already happening. It's already going on in America. This is why we see electric cars. That's why we see the windmills that just tearing up the landscape in the state of Texas and destroying the wildlife. That's, that's what's happening. And the reason is because of doctrinaire green agenda. Well, that's what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is all about. Now, in this last meeting this, this month in Davos, their top priorities, and I get this, <clears throat> and you think for a moment, if this lines up with some of the some of the things that are concerning to you. Number one, they've talked about our failure to mitigate climate change. Climate change is here. It's human caused. And we've got to do something about it. Now, that is not proven. It's not shown to be the case. And even if we could show climate change or if it can be shown by scientists, it's not shown to be human caused. But doesn't matter bypass that just like they do in the abortion issue where we started the program that to bypass that well okay we'll talk about this some other time we want you to accept the fact that it's human cause and climate change is your fault okay so now what do we got to do well we got to do something about how you live and that's what they're all about so they're all concerned about failure to mitigate climate change that's number one there's a list of 10 things here number two the failure of climate change adaptation once again about climate change that's number two number three they're concerned about natural disasters and extreme weather events. We, we haven't left the climate yet, have we? It's all about climate. Natural disasters, those are supposedly because of humans. You know, we, we cause that as if, you know, there were. it's amazing to think that there used to be supposedly an ice age. Was, was that human caused? I mean, this is, this is crazy. Number four, you're going to be surprised. They're just going to reword it. Biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse. That's climate change again. That's the green agenda. Then number five, kind of a side-related topic, 
large-scale involuntary migration. Involuntary migration. Now, what are they trying to say here? Now, let's just read between the lines. We have mass migration coming to Amer- immigrants coming to America. We have no border control whatsoever. And all the Democrats can say is we want to streamline them for citizenship. That's how we're going to handle the border problem. Really, the most ridiculous, childish thing I've ever heard. But that's their idea. Now they're saying, well, large-scale involuntary migration. They're telling us that, okay, here's here's the doctrine. Americans, so productive, they've despised that. The Klaus Schwab's of the world have hated that America, and all the big businesses in America have also hated it. They're basically socialists. They've hated that America has been so far ahead of the rest of the world, that we've advanced, that we've been able to be in front of all the world and all the discoveries continually from the turn of the last century. And they just hate that. And they despise the progress that America has made. Because, after all, that progress has caused untold damage to the environment. So that's what Al Gore says. So that causes, in turn, the people in the poor countries involuntarily to migrate to the United States. So you deserve it. That's what the Klaus Schwab's are saying. You deserve the border to be wide open because, after all, you people here have lived high on the hog. You've driven your gas-guzzling cars. You've had all this energy emitted or all this carbon emitted into the atmosphere. And so the rest of the world is suffering because of you and, therefore, involuntary migration. You better just keep that border open. That's what Klaus Schwab is saying right here. And not not him only, but the whole World Economic Forum. Then number six is natural resource crises. And this is interesting. Natural resource crises. The problem is not natural resources. Do you know that the continent of Africa or South America has more natural resources. Those both both those continents have more natural resources than does North America, than does the United States. What's the crisis? The crisis is bad governing. That's what the crisis is. Dictatorial governments on the continent of Africa and in Muslim-controlled nations where you have a top-down control and everybody on the top lives like kings such as the Muammar Gaddafi's with gold telephones and golden toilets and golden palaces, and the rest of the people live on bread and water. That's what's going on. And that's not about natural resource problem. That's about management problem. That's about governing problems. But they say, well, there's a natural resource crisis, so what are we going to have to do? Well, you need to send money over to the other nations. That's what they're going to do. And that's what they're already doing. Number six, natural, or no, this is number number seven. I'm number seven. Erosion of social cohesion. This is, these are the top 10 problems according to the WEF. Erosion of social cohesion. This is the problem. That is, we're going to mix it all up, all the countries of the world, and we've got to be able to handle it. And how they're going to handle it is manage 
Management. Remember, that's what this started off. The World Economic Forum started off as the European Management Forum. They're talking about managing people, managing you. And incidentally, no such thing as private property with Klaus Schwab's of the world. No such thing. But the keystone to liberty is private property, but no such thing with the WEF. Now, here we have the next. We have widespread cybercrime. Well, there we have the first item that really does not have any linkage, as far as I'm able to tell here, linkage to environmental problems or environmental crises. That is widespread cybercrime. So we've got to handle widespread cybercrime. Then the next one is geoeconomic confrontation. What is that about? Geoeconomic confrontation, that is we've got to confront other portions of the world and the fact that they're living in poverty and we need to take money from the United States. Now that we've got socialism firmly locked into place right here in the United States, therefore now that is redistributing money between one class to the other, government doing so through the through its governing system and the welfare state. Now we need to do it globally. And so we have to confront the fact that they're poor over there. So let's take the American dollars and do it. Then we have the next one, large-scale environmental damage incidents. Once again, environment. What? That's about, what is it, about 60 to 70% of the top 10 list has to do with the environment. That's That, as I said, was their only tool in the tool bag. Isn't that interesting? They also have post-human projects with the WEF. They want everybody to have a social credit system. They want a total surveillance state, spying on you all the time. They want the abolition of private property. No private property, but that's the key to freedom. And one of the main pillars of it, and you'll see this in the EU Constitution. You can see it also in the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights. And that is the elimination of God. Don't want to have anything to do with God. As a matter of fact, one of the speakers was going to talk at the WEF recently. They told him, you don't mention God, and you don't mention God-given rights. Don't mention those things at all. That was, that was his speaking order. <laughs> That's exactly what they don't want. They don't want you to believe in a God-given right. I would challenge people to think about this. If there's not a God, and if there's not God-given rights, then there's no right that you have that the government gives because the government would be the giver of it that the government can't take away. If the government is the determiner of what rights you have, they're also the determiner of what rights you don't have. And all it takes is a stroke of the pen and your rights are gone. That's what's going on at the WEF. The real crisis is there, and that is we have willingly fallen into their hands because of the moral decline of the West. What a sad, sad state of affairs we have right now. Now, before we, uh, before the show closes, what am I on about one minute? Well, I do want to make mention of this. I will have time to read um, a statement here from, from uh, an IRS head in 1955. We talked about him last time, but the Republicans in Congress right now have floated the idea of getting rid of the 16th amendment. Have you noticed that would be the income tax. Have you noticed how the Democrats have responded? They're 
absolutely going berserk. They're promising it will not take place. We're going to tax you, and they want that graduated income tax. Incidentally, you know where the graduated income tax derived from? That's right, Karl Marx, Karl Marx. And that shows the alignment, once again, of the Democratic Socialist Party with Marxism. They are going to fight tooth and nail to keep the 16th Amendment and the graduated income tax and the enforcement arm of the IRS intact. Watch and see how this plays out.